You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 68, Bathroom Ventilation. Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, Neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Steve, today we're talking about bathroom ventilation. I think we're on a ventilation kick. Yeah, I, we were just talking about this before we started recording. Um, I, I maybe, I'm, maybe I didn't do that good of a job as far as our topics. But yeah, we just talked about air movers and ventilation. And several weeks ago, we talked about ventilation throughout a home. So yes, ventilation... Uh, seems to be a hot topic which it it really is every time i go do an estimate or mold testing or mold inspection ventilation just like grading and drainage is is probably one of the most common defects that we find so that's why we cover it like we do and each episode you know i'm i'm sure we're not repeating ourselves as far as word for word so yeah bathroom ventilation's uh something that's very important what makes it so important you know, people, a bathroom, obviously, is, you're using that daily. You know, it's kind of like your kitchen kitchen sink um, below the sink. But in the bathroom, it's a small area, so it's contained area. People shower in there. Some people like hot showers. Some people don't, i.e., you like a hot shower. I don't. <laughs> but bathrooms are, you know, a, your typical bathroom is five foot wide by maybe eight foot long. So you're talking 40 square feet. It's, it's a small area. The door's closed. And most people don't use that fan that's in there. So that's why it's so important is just, you know, it's used so often. And when it's being used, most people aren't utilizing stuff like the fan. So a question about the, the bathroom fans, because I know I utilize the bathroom fan, but I like super hot showers. So there'll be times where you'll be like, you didn't use the fan, but I did use the fan. 
So how much ventilation does a bathroom need? And if you figure out that you're turning it on, but it's still not moving things the way it needs to, do you need a second fan? I mean, how does all that work? Well, you could, you know, obviously there's there's engineering options like additional fans. Maybe you could put, you know, a higher CFM fan. CFM is cubic feet per minute. That's how they rate fans. Your typical bathroom fan is going to be between 90 and 110 CFM. Um, you know, your typical just bathroom fan with the light, you know, is probably 100, 110 CFM. Well, you can upgrade and actually get more of an industrial one that's a higher powered fan. Yeah, that's not the fancy what you typically see in a bathroom. But, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you either have to add an extra fan, get a higher powered one, or, you know, lower the temperature of the shower. And usually that doesn't happen. So, <laughs> You have, you know, people aren't going to leave the door open when they're showering. Yeah. So, you know, you're, uh, we've talked about it before. If there's fog on your mirror, when you get out of the shower, it's too humid in there. That's a good sign. So our, I guess my other question would be a lot of people might hear that and they really like hot showers like I do. And they go, oh, obviously there is fog on my mirror. I need another fan. Is it an easy do it yourself thing to do? Yeah, it depends. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, like our ceilings are vaulted. And so for us to install another fan, no, that's not easy at all. Because we don't have an attic area here. Um, could we do it? Of course we could. But, you know, we could do, I could run it right directly outside. I could put it, you know, there, there, there's all sorts of things I could do. But if you if you have an attic area... It's not that hard to do. It, it it's it's a matter of getting up there and running another vent. But the the thing is, if you are going to add one, make sure that that vent is going outside, not just in the attic area or into a crawl space. It's got to go outside so that you get that humidity outside. That's the whole purpose is the humidity. And to do and to channel that somewhere else, right? Okay. Yep. And it's like we've talked about before. A lot of people call it a fart fan and. You know, a lot of us, when, when we're using the restroom for that purpose, we turn it on for smell or noise, but that's not the, that's not what that fan is for. That's wow. nothing really. To, I'm not saying nothing. I mean, yeah, that helps, but the, the reason it's a code, cause code state, you either have to have an operational exhaust fan or an openable window, which, yeah, I'm not sure who opens their windows when they're in the bathroom shower, but. <laughs> But you know that that's the whole the whole purpose is to get rid of that humid air and take it outside. It's kind of a it's not a dehumidifier, but that's somewhat what its purpose is. What about those big master bathrooms that have like a, a separate room in the bathroom for the toilet? Maybe even a walk-in closet right in the bathroom area. Are there? I mean, should there be fans? If you have that kind of a master bath suite, uh, so like in the in the the closet area, no. Um, typically, if it's a separate, you know, has a door, it's just his own little room where the toilet is. You know, once again, I'd put a fan in there just for smell. But you know, you're talking a big area, so obviously, when you have a bigger area, it's going to take a lot more um, condensation, moisture. For you to see the fog on the mirrors like you would just in a normal, you know, 40 square foot bathroom. But when you, when you have something like that, you do need to make sure 
Just because it's a bigger area doesn't mean you don't need a fan. And once again, by code, you would have to have one. But make sure when you have one like that, let's just say, you know, there's there's places we've stayed that they're like what you're talking about. Don't put the fan like right over the sink area. You need that fan over by the shower because okay. those bay of bathrooms typically have a separate shower and then a, a jetted tub. Mm-hmm. So make sure it is typically like right there around the tub shower area. Putting it over by the door or over above the sinks isn't going to do you any good. So for now, the really fancy bathrooms, I'm thinking the people who actually have a, uh, like a steam room should, there's no ventilation in the steam room, is there? A, so there are, like so a sauna. Oh, a sauna in a bathroom. Uh, I would never recommend that. If you're going to have a sauna, you need to have its own separate space, okay. its own unit. The standalone is the best way to say it. Because I have seen, and I don't know if we've ever talked about it, I have seen in showers a steam shower. There's such a thing as oh. a steam shower. And uh, it's somewhat similar to a sauna, but it, it's every time I've seen that, I just, I always tell my clients, I'm like, that's just not a good idea. You're just, you're asking for problems, even if it's in its own sealed. Mm-hmm. When I say standalone, usually it's a stall shower. But it's, you know, the doors are all sealed on it, kind of like a sauna. At the end of the day, the the purpose of that is the humidity. Yeah. You know, to help your lungs, whatever people use it for. Well, th- then you're kind of defeating the whole purpose as far as having a fan. That's Does true. that make sense? Yeah, so that's true. if you're going to use something like that, I just don't recommend. It's like a hot tub in your house. Um, and ironically, I've seen more than probably... 15, 20 homes that have a hot tub and a huge master bathroom. And you can honestly smell it when you come into the house. Wow. You can tell it's humid. You can smell the chlorine. Just, I tell people when it comes to something like that, hot tub, steam shower, sauna. A sauna's not that bad as long as you're going to have it standalone. Okay. And when I mean standalone, you know, people that use saunas know what I'm talking about. It's something that you have down maybe in your basement. Then it's pretty small, but it's its own unit, period. Okay. It's not, it's not, unless you're leaving the door open, which would defeat the purpose of the sauna, you're not really introducing the humidity into the living area. So, so to go back to your question, I mean, I, you know, you have a sauna so that you can sweat, which is obviously condensation. And yeah, I just, I, I highly recommend not having those kinds of things. But if you're going to have a sauna, make sure it's a standalone. And typically, that's not going to be in your bathroom. Or, I mean, I, I guess if you have a bathroom the size of a house, I don't know. <laughs> but then you'd say for steam showers, you don't recommend those because mm-hmm. of the humidity that comes by nature with a steam right. shower. Okay. And at most steam showers, like I've said, it's um, like you step into it and, it, you know, like on our shower doors, you know how the, the top part's not enclosed. Mm-hmm. A steam shower actually has... Part of the enclosure, so you think of your tub shower, fiberglass enclosure, or stall shower, they don't have a top to them, whereas a steam shower has a top to it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then then it's a door, so the whole thing's sealed off. Like, once you step in there, which, once again, it's hard to keep them sealed properly, you're in your own little steam room. So if you're going to do that, and, you know, once you're done, you get out of that steam shower and close the door, don't leave the door open for it to air out 
You should be fine. Exactly. But I still, I just, I never recommend stuff like that. I, I just think you're asking for problems. It's like a hot tub. There's, I don't use that kind of stuff, so I, I can easily say, well, it's not necessary. But if you're going to have one, make sure you're, you know, we've talked about it before. Make sure you have humidity gauge in, in that bathroom. Oh, that's another So your monitor, you know, that's something I always recommend. You can buy, we've talked about this before when we talked about tools. I can't even remember, um, I don't even remember how long ago that episode was, but I think I found on Amazon you could buy, once again, this is a humidity gauge, not meter. Okay. We use humidity meters for what we do, which are more expensive, but it's just a little display that shows the humidity. And I believe you can get like a six pack for like 30 bucks. Yeah. They're cheap. So just make sure that you do have, uh, when it comes to your bathrooms, make sure you have a humidity gauge in there. Just... So you're monitoring. If you had, you know, if you have kids or a significant other that likes to have hot showers and they're not running the fan, you can actually show them like, hey, see, look, mm-hmm. see what it is when I get done. And here's what it is when you get done. And it it's okay. If the, I mean, I'm not saying it's okay to have high humidity in there. Naturally, you're going to have it. But over time, it's going to cause problems. So, But when they, let's say somebody gets out of a shower and you see the humidity gauge, if they're doing a really hot shower, how, I mean, shouldn't the humidity go down once the shower is over within a certain period yeah, of time? if you're running the fan okay. and you open the door. Okay. But what I'm saying is, is if you have just a little bit of that residual condensation somewhere, let's just say up in a corner somewhere, that it's happening all the time. Let's say you have a bathroom that four or five people are using. So four or five times a day, the humidity is typically high. Okay. Well, over time, now... Where your gauge is, it might show that it's okay, but over time, maybe up in the corner of your shower stall, you can start to see mold growing. Okay. It's just because, you you know, you don't have any ventilation up there. You don't have any movement. And continuously, you know, it's a chronic thing that four times a day, you know, people, that's what is happening. So just... just be careful. You know, a lot of people will notice, you'll start noticing black spots above your shower, and that's mold. I mean, it's, well, typically it's mold. I shouldn't say it's mold, but that just tells you, you don't, you don't have proper ventilation. Would you recommend that people try to keep their most used bathrooms, the doors open when they're not using the bathroom to allow air to move? Because most, you know, lots of people like to keep their doors Unless you have dogs like ours that think they're puppies. (laughs) Yeah, somehow, I don't know. They like to get into that Chew up toilet paper, yeah. yeah. With our toilet paper shortage with COVID, I guess hopefully that part's over. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, I would recommend leaving them open, but I understand why people have to close them. But, you know, I know like in the master bedroom, typically we always leave that door open. So that window gets opened all the time. I and mean, we have plenty of ventilation in there. Whereas the other bathroom, it's your typical, just it's a small bathroom. So yeah, if you can leave, leave the doors open, but once again, I understand most people aren't going to do that. So put other measures in place like proper ventilation. Mm-hmm. And the only way you're going to get that's with those exhaust fans. Exactly. And how much do exhaust fans cost typically? Do you know? It all depends. Uh, typically the ones you like what we have and, and most of our listeners probably have. It's usually, you know, it's usually you have three switches or at least two. One switch is for the light, one's for the fan. That's just a combo, and that's probably a 110 CFM fan. You can probably buy for $80, $90. Now, 
if you want one nowadays, they have the Bluetooth speakers the music, in them. Yeah. <laughs> you can probably buy one of those for about $120. They're not expensive. Yeah. And speaking of those fans, though, and new ones, it is important to pull. So you have those louvers on the fan, and it's never, it's, a lot of people probably notice there's like dead moths or something up in there. It's never a bad idea though to pull down that light cover and then pull that cover off. It's a, it's a simple way to pull that cover off. I mean, it literally pulls down and then you squeeze these two clips and the whole cover comes off. Make sure you keep that all clean. Okay. And then, you know, while you're doing that, you can see up into the assembly and look at the fins on the fan and make sure there's not a bunch of gunk and crap built up on it. Cause if you don't maintain that, then you'll have to replace it a lot more often. But they're not expensive. And they're, they're once again, this is somebody that does this kind of stuff. They're easy to replace. If you had to just replace one that was defective, mm-hmm. it's easy. I mean, you can do it all from down below. You hook up the exhaust vent. and it, It's pretty simple. Awesome. Obviously, there's electrical involved, so I would obviously always recommend professionals. But if you know what you're doing, it's not hard to do. It's pretty simple. Good. And it can save you a lot of money in the long run with mold. Oh, yeah. Yep. Mold in your health. Very, very true. Uh, be sure to check out cnccontractorservices.com. There's all kinds of information about Steve's book, this podcast. What else? Udemy courses. Yeah, courses, consultations. Uh, we were just talking about it uh, today. We're going to create some videos for mm-hmm. people that, you know, to determine, do you need a mold bid? Do you need mold testing, um, or do you need a consultation? So we're going to create some videos for people, you know, whether you're here locally in Wyoming or not, a lot of, a lot of my clients and a lot of people that reach out are not from here, obviously. So, um, we'll have some videos, hopefully, hopefully I say that hesitantly because I procrastinate with that kind of stuff. Hopefully in the next few weeks, we'll have some videos where our listeners can go and say, okay, you know, I see mold in my ceiling in my bathroom. What should I do? And then that's, you know, for those of you that aren't here in the whole, you know, we, we service the whole state of Wyoming. But if you're not here, you know, there's other options that you can go with. Hire a mold inspector where you live or whatnot. But, yeah, we'll get we'll get some videos up so that people know what to do. Awesome. And that will be at cnccontractorservices.com. We will catch you on the next episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.